We're looking together at a series together, Church Without Walls, and it's looking at church life. You know, we're gathered this morning. Uh, forgive me if you've heard this before, but we're gathered. This is gathered church, and yet you're still the church. So, so if you remember, we, we looked at the, the call, your world, uh, the call that we have, and we're called to go into all the world. You have a world. I have a world that I live in, this world at which we live in. And we, we spent some time looking at the call to our world. What is your world? My world. And we looked at that, where we spend 90% of our time. 90% of your time is outside of these walls. We're gathered as church, but you will spend 90% of your time scattered as church. That's your world. Wherever you spend most of your time, that's your world. And we looked at that together. What that means, we looked at then your world commission. We are commissioned and we realize that we've been, we're released into a life of worship. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, we looked at this idea of your world commission. That worship, as Tim and the worship team were leading us, it's, it's focused on this hour together when we're gathered, but when we're released from here, and we will let you go and the doors will be open, we don't want to lock you in, but when we're released from here, we'll spend 90% of my time in my life, and that is your worship. We, we, we looked at that together, no, no, no point going over that again. And then we looked at the, your world community, what was that? Well, the idea of, of this idea of that we that are gathered, this, this opportunity now, like now, when we're here now, like this, whether it's morning or an evening, we're gathered. And the gathered community fuels the scattered community. This gathering, the way I look at things these days now, is that this is a, a fuel for the fire. As we gather, that fuels us for the scatter, your life. And so this is an opportunity to encourage in one another, release, worship God together, be fueled, fired, so that as we walk into your world and your life, we'll be able to walk in the presence of Jesus. And it's so important, you know, we are looking outside these walls being scattered, but it's also important these walls being gathered is the fuel for the scatter. And I, I looked at that and we've just... So this morning I want to speak about your cry, your world cry. Uh, and, and let's look at that for um, you know, a moment or two this morning. And uh, in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, there's a particular verse that I, I just want to just... Uh, sort of introduce and then we're going to look at some things together but in exodus chapter 3 verse 7 depending on what translation you're looking at god, god speaks to moses from a, from a burning bush and, and a desert experience and he says this he says i've seen the misery of my people i've heard their cry and i'm concerned another translation says i've come to help exodus 3 7 i should turn into it it says god says i've seen the misery of my people i've seen very interesting. Then he goes on to say, I've heard their cry or their cries to heaven and I am concerned. Another translation says I've come to help. I've seen, I've heard their cry and I've come to help you. You know, God um, hears the cry of our hearts, our prayers. Prayers are powerful. Your, cry, your, your, your prayers, uh, our conversation with God is incredibly powerful. And he says to Moses, I've heard the, the the prayers of people. I've heard their cry. I've heard their hearts. And I've seen, I'm concerned. You've got my attention. You've, you've got my heart, my attention. And, and I'm concerned. And I'm, I'm going to do something about it. That's what he says to Moses. So, and it's that that I want to just take a few moments this morning to, um, to, to look at. Is this, this aspect of, of our heart's cry that, that, that fuels the, our, 
our concern for your world. You know, when you walk out those doors, it, you're going into your, your life, your home, your neighborhood, your work on Monday or school or college, the, the, the joys of friendship and family, the challenges that that brings, your boss, your work, you know, the, 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 the stress, the strains and the joys of those, that life. Well, there's, 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 as, we, as we call upon God, as we speak to God, he hears our cry and he responds to our world. It's, the, it's, it's that that I want to take um, a few moments this morning uh, to look at a few things. So um, I break it into two halves. The first part of what I want to look at is our motivation in our cry or our prayer. And then I'm going to look at our method of our cry or our prayer. When I speak of cry, I'm speaking about our prayer. So we're going to look at our motivation and our method. So first of all, our motivation. There are three verses that I want to just hinge, uh, three points around, just for a moment, as we look at our, our, the motivation of our cry. Because it's so important that we are talking to God. Uh, because, it, as we said, he, 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 he hears our cry. Be, be assured of this. Maybe you've got some prayers that you feel are yet to be answered. And I, I, I hear that, I understand that. But God does hear the cry of the human heart. It doesn't fall on deaf ears. He's not seen so much of Sky News that he's now got anaesthetized to the pain of this world because we see so much on telly, you can almost just switch over to another channel. God's not like that. Every aspect of life and your heart and the heart of this world and this planet is on the heart of God. So it's so important to, to call upon him, to know him and to speak to him. So our motivation, therefore. So first of all, the first thing I want to say is this, that... Um, uh, we're, to, we're to cry, we're to pray on every occasion and in every aspect of life. Um, in Philippians chapter 4, the, and the, all the verses will come up on screen so you can... But this is the point I want to make. We're encouraged to pray on every occasion, always, every time, always, on every part of life, all the time. Okay? Um, nothing is outside the scope or reach or attention or heart of God. Nothing. Nothing disinterests him. Even the simplest things of the colour of the eyes of your newborn baby, these things take the attention of God. So nothing is outside his scope. This is what the, Paul, the writer, says. and says this in Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 6. It's quite a famous verse. Uh, and it, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Do you get that? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In every situation, we are called to bring every aspect of life before God. Everything. Nothing's too small. Nothing, nothing is insurmountable for God. Nothing is mundane. I would even say that too. It doesn't just have to be a terribly big thing. You know, the simplest things of life. Every. It's, can you get the word there? I can't strain it more. Uh, Paul can't, can't say anything else. He says, in every situation, everything, every aspect of life, God wants us to bring before him. And you're in your world, in your day, not just for yourself, but your family, your friends, the people that you work with, colleagues, extended family, your concerns, their concerns, life, the pace of life, What's going on in life? Every aspect of, 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 of the day we're called to bring before him. I, I, I've read, I've read uh, someone said this, uh, 
An unknown writer said, if you only pray when in trouble, then you're in trouble. I had to think about that for a minute. If you and I only pray when we're in trouble, then boy, we've got trouble. If the only time that I pray is when, oh, oh I need a job. I need to... Every aspect, every situation, the, the thanksgiving, the challenging times, um, every aspect... All the time. It doesn't mean to say I may be hour after hour after hour in prayer. But there's a conversation. Just as we have a conversation with the people that we love and our families and our friends, there's an aspect of conversation where we will be in and we'll be out and we'll be talking and we'll be... But bringing before God your, your work, your colleagues, the boss, that is your, the, your struggle. You know, we live in an age of, of acute anxiety. Now, it's really interesting. What interests me is that this verse that I've just quoted and that's up on the screen there is actually linked to peace, dealing with anxiety. It's really interesting. Paul links this aspect of, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. So every aspect of life, this, this, this does you good. It does the soul, does the heart, does the spirit, does your life. Good. I've never have we lived in an age of such angst and worry and anxiety about everything. Everything. So, do we get that this morning? In everything, cry, call upon God. Every aspect of life, uh, in every way. Second thing I want to say is this. So, pray on every occasion for everything in life. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too great for God. Second thing I want to say is this. Um, that when we pray, when we're speaking to God and he's speaking to us, it's powerful and incredibly effective. In powerful and incredibly effective. Look at this. In uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, James, uh, writing to the church, says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There are cry, there are heart, that are speaking to God, bringing on behalf our friends, our family, the world in which we live, our relationships, your work, um, life, daily bread, our need, their need, your person, you know someone who's not well, they're in hospital right now, a colleague that says, you know, my life, my wife, you, you're sitting you know, in, in the staff canteen and you're talking and someone begins to open up about life. Our prayers are powerful and effective. And uh, that's, that's not surprising because all the dynamism of the creator is released when we pray. When we pray. All the dynamism of the creator is released when we pray. One of the greatest things that, that you and I can do for someone is to pray for them. It really is. No, no, honestly. It really is. You know, when you, you know, you know, you've been a Christian a while maybe and somebody will say to you, I'll pray, I'm praying with you. I'm with you. Praying for you. Yeah, that, that can roll off the tongue and we can get a bit used to that, can't we? And I can get used to saying that. But it's not a get out. It's not a get out for me to say, well, look, I can't really help you. I, there's not much I can do. I haven't really got time to, 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 to support you, but I'm praying for you. I'm with you. It doesn't mean that. In actual fact, if our prayers, James says, are powerful, the word there means miraculously dynamic. The word powerful there and effective means, you could put it like this, all of our prayers are miraculously, gives me goosebumps, 
if I was a feely, touchy person. Gives me goosebumps. All of our, your prayers, my prayers, are miraculously dynamic. Or the power of the creator. How about that? So, when we do offer to say, I'll pray for you, be encouraged that that is amazing. It's interesting, isn't it, that in all the things of this age in which we live, one of the things that people generally will not turn you away from is if you offer, do you mind if I pray for you? Or I'll be praying this week. Or my friends, or my life group, or my, our church. Do you mind if we get them to pray for you? And people will often say, oh, thank you. Some, some might say, no, no, thank you. But generally, 90% of people, 90% of people will actually say, thank you. People that wouldn't call themselves Christians. How much more when we know that it's miraculously dynamic? Because why? The creator hears the cry. How about that? The creator hears the cry and acts accordingly. So, so we're encouraged then to pray about everything. Nothing is beyond God's reach and his interest. And be encouraged then that it's miraculously dynamic. Third, third thing in our motivation, if that doesn't motivate us, one more to push us over the edge, as it were, to encourage us to do, is um, if, you, if you're worried about what to, to pray and, and say, don't, because the Holy Spirit will say it for you. Look at this. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26, um, if, quoting from the NIV, um, Paul uh, writes and says, um, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, what the Spirit, but the Spirit himself, rather, intercedes for us with wordless groans, with a heart. He moves our hearts and moves the situation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually said to the disciples, don't worry, when you're taken before councils and governments, and kings and rulers and threatened and beaten. Don't worry about the words that you will need to say. He, the Holy Spirit, will give you the words, will speak the words through you and in you. And Paul, sort of echoing that understanding, um, talks to the church and encourages the church and says, look, you know, when you're weak, you feel that you haven't got anything to say. You know, someone shares something in their life and you, you just don't know what to say. But the Spirit of God will give you the words and the Spirit of God will give you the heart. And often the heart-to-heart contact with someone changes everything. Are you worried about what to say? Then the Holy Spirit will help you. And there's our motivation. You know, um, I think life's game changer, it's, it's not grounded in what I say, but what he says. It's not what you have to say, but what does God have to say on your circumstance? What does God have to say on your circumstance? Not what do you have to say. What can, what can you and I pray? Maybe there's not much that I can pray or even say, but my heart goes out and I only, Holy Spirit, would you just do something? That, that's what this sort of prayer is getting at. But it's not what I say and you say. We live in a world that says you've got to come up with the goods. You've got to be productive. There's such an expectation on you and I today. But it's not on us. It's on him. So it's not what we say, but what does God have to say? Very interesting, isn't it? People would come up to Jesus and say, you only have to say the word, teacher, and my servant will be healed. You only have to speak and something will happen. How great is that when a a Roman soldier could say that to Jesus? My servants obey my voice. You only have to say the word and things happen. 
It's not what we say, but what he says. And when we pray, God speaks. God speaks. How about that? I want what God has to say over my life. I've had lots of people say stuff about me, to me, over me, through me, behind me. But that doesn't matter. It's what does God say about me? We want God's word over our lives and your work and your family and our people that we love and the people we interact with. And as we pray, he will speak over them. So there's our motivation then. So those three things, you know, not being anxious, he, uh, bringing every situation to him, you know, um, our prayers being miraculously powerful and effective. And don't worry about what to say. Don't talk yourself out in, in, of anything. He will speak through you. So there's our motivation. So second and final part that I want to just mention now. If there's our motivation to cry, what about our method? And just finally, just want to look at something about the, our method. If that's our motivation this morning, that when we speak and we call upon God, he hears the cry. What about our method? So in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, Jesus shares some things about prayer. The disciples are saying, show us how to pray. What should we do? How should we pray? You know, how do we, how do we cry out? How do we call upon God? How do we see God work in our lives? And so then Jesus says, this is how you should pray. And it's been written down, and it, it's read as a prayer in many churches. And that's beautiful. It's very poetic as well. It's a beautiful prayer. But it's more to it than meets the eye. And uh, Jesus says, prayed like this. He says, our Father in heaven, it's on the screen there, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also uh, uh, have forgiven our debtors. Some people talk about trespasses. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus shares um, a prayer. But that, that prayer isn't necessarily, and it can be read and said um, as a declaration, and it's beautiful. But that wasn't his main aspect. This is more of a, a methodology, really. I, I liken it to a bit like uh, of an old-fashioned clothes horse. Nowadays, you stick him in the tumble dryer if it's raining, or you put it on the line, your, your clothing. But you'd have a clothes horse. A clothes horse was like a ladder that you could break in half, and you could stand it in the room and, and hang, hang sort of clothes on it to, to dry across the day, something like that. And uh, this is a bit of a, a bit like that, so like a clothes horse. There's aspects of this ladder, as it were, where you can hang aspects of your life. And that's what this is a bit like. And so, really, Jesus starts off, it's interesting, he, everything starts off with him. If you, do you notice that there's two parts to this? The first half of this, it's our Father, talking about kingdom coming and heaven. And then, and then it breaks into life on earth, our daily bread, forgiveness. And so there's two aspects to this uh, and, and this is really interesting. And everything starts and ends with God. And this is what he's trying to, to, trying to, 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 to bring to people. So, and so in our prayers, in our prayers, it's really important perhaps, maybe not to take this as a rigorous pattern, but as, a, as an idea, is everything starts with him. He's the author of life. And then we can go on to pray about life. You know, to get our perspective on life, we need to start with the author of life. I don't know about you, but my mind races. I find, uh, so, and so, so Jesus says, our Father in heaven. It's not by chance that he's just, well, I'll stop. He wants to start that way because that is life. The very ground of life is God is at the center, should be at the center of it all. And this is what he's basically bringing us. 
And so in our hearts and our cry before God, it starts with him. This is what he says. I don't know about you, but my mind races on life and the day, the things I've got to do, the things that have been said, how I'll approach this, how I'm going to deal with that, how I'm really excited about this and I'm really upset about that. That person that's wound me up, or this is the God. And my mind, and I can be, I can, I can be all over the place. And what Jesus says is this, in your heart and in your mind, if you're going to center your heart, center it in God. Get your perspective from him. So he says, our Father in heaven. In other words, my heart is to be centered on the heartbeat of God. Uh, it all starts with him. If he's the creator, then he must be at the creative center of our lives. Um, and so for me, at some point in the day, for me now, life has changed a bit. And, and uh, I talk about our lives. We've, we've, uh, we, uh, Helen and Hannah wanted a dog and I didn't. And I was absolutely against that in our lives. And um, we got a dog <laughs> called Maggie, who's a lovely, beautiful and I'm, I'm, a, I'm changed. Obviously, I've been changed. I've been converted. I've, but um, quite often, I'm not, I don't do it all the time, but quite often, I'll, I'll take her for the early walk. And uh, walking across West Park with Maggie, for me, at the moment in my life, I talk about rhythms of grace. So there's a different season in my life at the moment. And walking across West Park earlier on, the earlier part of the day, is an opportunity for me and I start my day. This is how I start my day. And I'm not super spiritual. Or so. It's, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. I mean, I think West Park's an amazing gift to the town of Long Eaton. If you've lived here all your lives, you, you don't know what you miss. It's amazing. Amazing gift. to the. And I, I, I live opposite the park, so I can walk across the park. And as I do, for me, I take this aspect of thank you. Even when it's tough. I, there's many things on my mind. There's a lot of things I'm concerned about even at this very moment in life. And yet, walking across the park, uh, even when if it's chucking it down, it'll be, thank you, Father. You are my Father. You're a good, good Father. And the song rings through my head. It says something to my spirit. seems to ground my heart. Rather than being pulled from pillar to post by this and that and what's going on, it's all there and it's all pulling me, but something rallies my heart. This is why Jesus said, start with Father. It all starts and it all ends with Father. It does. That's life. It's brilliant. And, this, and so uh, it's an opportunity for you and I. Our method is, and it, you know, just a few moments, centering your heart and your mind, your soul and your spirit. It changes your life forever to know. You get God's perspective. Uh, and, uh, and so it starts with him. And so do you notice that? That first aspect there, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, there's this aspect of, thank you, God, for you. Thank you for life. I, just, I want you more of you in my life. I, 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 today, I want to just live for you. I want you to shine out of my life. That, that's how I start my morning. It, it's only, I've, only well, I've took three minutes to, to say that. You could have a four or five minute prayer and start your day revolutionized. And um, that's the method in Jesus' heart. Uh, centering our hearts and lives and, and, and taking this for your life. And, and, and then, you know, as you center your heart that way, it's, I want you to shine out of my life at work. You know, work may, for you may be a very challenging place 
Work for you may be quite an anxious place. Work for you may be very fast-paced with a lot of expectation. Work for you may be in flux and a complete change. For others, it's absolute joy. But, but I want you to shine out of my life today. It does something to your spirit and heart when you center your heart this way. Because God begins to hear your cry and act upon your cry. You see, it does something to the perspective. Two men looked out from behind bars. One saw the mud, the other saw stars. Where's our perspective? It's an amazing perspective in God, isn't it? And this is why Jesus shared this. And so then he moves on. He said, um, you know, when we get our hearts grounded for that moment, that morning, that hour, that day, and I do this day by day at some point, um, it all starts and ends with him. And then with the, when you get the author of life and the view of the author of life in your life, you're then able to... to to think about life and pray about life and talk about life and live life. You know, we live life and then say, okay, God, now can you deal with it? It's all the way around. God, I'm giving you my life. Now I can live it. And uh, it's interesting. It then moves on. And Jesus, this is the pattern. This is the method. Do you notice what Jesus then does? He then, he then looks at, um, let your kingdom come. Some things need to change in our world. Maybe you need to change in your work. Maybe you need to change in family. Maybe you need to change in our neighbours. Maybe you need to change in lives of people that we love. Uh, not that we try and change them, but we ask God to do something in us, through us, amongst us, and in others. How about that? In, in praying for our world. Then he goes on to look at the practicalities. Uh, daily bread. Um, this is looking at our need, your need, and the needs of those around us and friends. You know, you're speaking with a friend and someone, a colleague, and they're saying right now, you know, I don't know where to turn. Yeah, my husband is depressed. There's a need in the life of a friend that you have, and you're able to pray. That's da- the daily bread isn't just about me getting stuff for me, but every aspect of need of life. And we're able to then pray accordingly to the needs. What's your need? What's the need of your friend? What's the need of those around us? Uh, forgive. He goes on to then relationships. You know, um, looking at the aspect of every aspect of life. Um, you know, who, who have we hurt? Who's hurt us? What are the needs of healing in people's lives, physically, mentally, emotionally? Uh, you'll often find that when you talk to somebody at work or, or a neighbor, it, it ultimately will open up as out of a bit of a relationship or, or the hobby or pastime that you do when you, when you go out and, and reflect with friends or down at the gym or whatever it is. People begin to talk about life and a little bit of life and something opens up and need arises and pain and relationships arise and we're able to call upon God to heal their lives in marriage and home and children, restore their loved ones, prodigals and uh, relationships and, uh, and, and healing in our hearts and lives and the lives of others. And um, He moves on to deal with temptation. What are the things that are tugging at your heart and tugging at the hearts of others? There's many things today that tug. Don't don't let it just be a a temptation. Oh, I'm I'm not not addicted to alcohol and I don't do drugs and I I don't gamble, so there's no temptations for me. But whatever tugs at our hearts today, there's a lot of things that tug at hearts, isn't there? It really drags your heart. Temptation is much broader, wider, to take our hearts away from God. And so we're called upon to deal with those and every aspect of life. Deliver us and may you gain, we gain your protection. And so, you know, when we look at our motivation, 
and, and, and we come, we, we're able to cry. And when we cry, as we pray, God hears, God sees, and God answers. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray together. God bless you. This morning, Heavenly Father, I just, I, I'm, I'm just so acutely aware, in this auditorium, there's a whole spectrum of people. From, we're all from different backgrounds and life. A whole area of rejoicing and a whole area of need right now. Family, relationships, our work, our life, the world in which we're going to. And so we bring you our hearts and we bring you our lives. We say, Jesus, we need you. We love you. We want to honour you and we give you our lives. We thank you that you hear our prayers. You see and hear our cry. We thank you that our prayers are powerful and miraculously effective. And we thank you that in everything and anything, you're interested. And so this morning... We give you our lives and give you our hearts and I give you our our prayers for those that we love and care for in our own world, but also in the wider aspect of work, hobbies, clubs, pastimes, the people that we come into contact on a regular basis. We seek your face, Father God, and would you, Holy Spirit, fill us and fill me afresh and come and amaze us. Come and amaze us as we call upon you, answer with fire, with hope, with love, with forgiveness, and the miracles of your care. We pray in the name of Jesus we ask. Amen.